Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. On Passage to Profit, welcome to our show. Our program is all about startups and entrepreneurs, and today we're going to talk a little bit about getting your product made with our guest Lisa Askeles. And then, of course, we're going to follow up with our three pitch contestants later in the show. So we asked Lisa back to the program. She was on here a few weeks ago. We wanted her to join us today to give some more advice. We could probably have her on 20 times and there'd still be stuff for her to say. (laughs) But today she's going to talk about how somebody goes about getting a consumer product manufactured. So Lisa has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs, literally, get their products produced and promoted on TV on programs like HSN and QVC. But just not others. She has multiple patents herself, and she has sold many products of her own on these shows just with her own promotion. So welcome, Lisa. Well, thank you for having me once again. I always love being here. And I, you know what? You're, you're introducing me and talking about the patents and products, and I'm still elated about what I do. I've been doing this for over 38 years developing my own products, and yes, the patents, and it still blows me away. I go, are you talking about me? You can't be that old. Are you talking about You me? look like you're you 25. You started when you're 10, right? <laughs> I was in utero. <laughs> there you go. So, so we're going to hear from some of the pitchers today. So we have a couple people that have gadgety type of stuff that I just love. And then we have another really kind of different pitch that I'm really pretty excited about as well. But if I want to make let's say a special kind of coffee cup or something, and I have the design and I get a patent, either a design patent or a regular patent, and then I come to you, or maybe I don't even have the patent yet, I just have it in my head, and I come to you and I say, Lisa, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Um, What we do first, I always tell people, write down your ideas, write it down, do your due diligence, check the web to see if anything like it is out there. Really, that's what you need to do, first of all. Check to see if there's anything like it on the market, the idea that's in your head. Then what we do is I, I take it and get a, a real drawing done. And uh, I may usually go into creating a prototype so you could see if the product actually works. So, you know, because many of us come up with ideas and product ideas that, that really don't work. They have to be engineered to work. So where does one go to get a drawing? Is that something you ask your your brother-in-law to do? Or I mean, do you go to a, a draftsperson then and... Are they an engineer? I mean, there's a lot of different drawing services out there, right? So there are. What 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 does somebody look for when they're selecting uh, a, a draftsman or okay. a draftsperson? I say start basic. Start with a regular drawing. You could start with your little sister or daughter or whatever it is, and, and maybe even a college student, because you don't want to spend a lot of money out the gate, right? So do something basic if you know how to draw, and then I could take it to the next level. I could take it to an artist, to an engineer, if it gets that far. Um, If you're looking for something on your own, absolutely, you go to um, even like, what's it called, like a fast science, and see if there's a a person who does design, any kind of graphic design. But go go inexpensive first. I think we've hired people from work to do that. Mm -hmm. And... But some of the horror stories I've heard really from some of our clients on getting drawings or even prototypes is if you go to the wrong person, you're waiting months and months and they keep saying, oh, yeah, I'm working on it. 
Well, that's why they start with me, Elizabeth. They start with me first, and I do everything. In my business, I do everything from concept to fruition. I know people like to eliminate steps, and they want to do things on their own. So when they're doing things on their own, I say start basics, college student, but always have a non-disclosure agreement. I was just going to say, a lot of people are uncomfortable about telling somebody who's a stranger Mm -hmm. um, what their idea is, right? And so they need at least some protection. And that involves a non-disclosure confidentiality agreement. Always. And explain it to the person you're giving to. You're giving somebody a non-disclosure agreement. They don't know what it is. So you're handing them a piece of paper. They have no idea what it is. And you have to explain, please do not share my information with anybody. You promise? Because that's what this note is, not sharing the information. I just want to point out, too, that while agreements aren't ironclad, there's never a guarantee that mm-hmm. somebody is not going to do something funky with your idea, even if they've signed an, a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, it at least gives you something, some recourse if something does happen. And another important point is that if you decide to eventually patent your idea, keeping the idea confidential delays the one-year statutory bar Mm -hmm. uh, in the U.S. So if you want to file a patent in the U.S., you have one year from the date it's publicly disclosed. So if you tell somebody about it, then that one-year bar begins. If you have a confidentiality agreement, it doesn't start because the invention's not in the public domain. So it's very important to get the agreement in place to make sure that you, you protect your patent rights and also, you let the other person know that you're serious about this mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that your idea is going to be protected and the confidentiality is going to be taken seriously. Very seriously. Right. And that's important. There's one other thing sure. I wanted to bring up. You do not put your name on your client's patents. Now, I know from having worked with you that mm-hmm. you have a lot of brain input into their projects but you let them have the patent themselves. Some people, we've worked with people in the past who, mm-hmm. in similar positions to you who, who insist on having their name on the patent too. And this could be something Richard speaks to as well. If you're working with somebody, an engineer who's helping you develop a prototype and they put some ideas in, but it's really your idea starting out, whose name really needs to go on the patent? That's a great question. As a matter of fact, we're dealing with an issue at the firm in that line right now. We have somebody who hired a software developer. They didn't have a contract, and the client paid the software developer to develop the software, and because they paid the software developer, they think that they're the only inventors. And in fact, uh, anybody who contributes to the technology in the patent is an inventor. And the way that gets handled is that the software developer should assign their rights in the patent to our client, and we're working with that right now. But they have no contract, mm-hmm. they have no confidentiality agreement, and it could be a big issue because if you don't get the inventorship right on a patent, it can be invalidated. So getting through all of these steps mm-hmm. in the right way is very important, and it's important that you get professionals involved or mm-hmm. get some level of professional advice early on in your project so that you can make sure that everything is in place and that everything is clear with the people that you're working with. And that's a conversation, Richard. It's always a conversation because I tweak people's products all the time. People, they, I have many clients who come to me with products that just don't work, as I said to you before. Great idea, great concept, but it doesn't function. So I tweak, I'll tweak an idea, tweak a product, and it's a conversation. I say, this is a disclaimer, it belongs to you. 
my brain just goes and goes. I can I can rework or reconfigure anything. I know you could probably have over 10,000 patents right now if you put your name truly. on everything. I'm not kidding. No, truly. And I, I give it to the client because they came to me. I know how hard it is to, to get to that point to actually even open your mouth and share it with somebody else because most people keep patent idea or product ideas to themselves because they're afraid that somebody else is going to take the idea. Somebody's so going to steal it. Right. So if it's a work for hire, does that change things, Richard? So if you say, I hired you with a contract and the idea is mine and whatever you come up with is mine, does that change? Well, the terms work for hire are used a lot and they're completely misunderstood. Work for hire only works in the case of copyrights, right? So, and that's different from technology. You can use the term work for hire to mean that you're paying somebody to help you develop the product uh, and, and the technology, but it, doesn't ha- it only has legal significance in the world of copyrights. So in the world of patents, work for hire only means that you paid somebody to do that. That doesn't exclude them from being an inventor in the legal sense. So these are complicated concepts, and I think it's important, though, that you get some backup on these things before you go out there and start working with people to make sure that you protect what's yours and you have all the rights that you need to commercialize the product. It doesn't do any good to get started on a project and then two years later find out that somebody else now thinks that they own part of your project. That can be a real bummer. It's a conversation and it's an agreement. In fact, I just want to let everybody know. So anybody I hire under um, my company is under my non-disclosure agreement and they have to sign it. And they have no rights to any projects that they develop. That's awesome, Lisa. So. Mm I feel like people are pretty safe working with you Mm -hmm. and you're not going to try to steal part of their revenue or part of their project or be on their patent or any of that kind of stuff. Oh, I've heard horror stories. I've heard, you know, going in, I want 40%. I want 40% of your, if I'm designing this product, I want 40% of your business. Wow. It's crazy out there. It is. So then, so now let's say we got over that hurdle and we're working with you. Mm -hmm. So we got the sketch and we think it's going to work. Now what do we do? So now we create a prototype. We develop a prototype that works. It's really important to understand that the first prototype that you build doesn't always work. It's not always functioning. may not look the way you want to look, but it's a prototype. Okay, so we we build the first prototype. If it works, I, I give it to the client, have them test it out. If they approve it, we then build a CAD, a Computer Assisted Drawing, CAD. And that CAD drawing goes through a computer machine, and it develops your first product or your first mold. So it's your first off. You then take a look at that, you approve that, and the manufacturer is on. Um, however, when dealing with a manufacturing company, you have to first ask them, okay, what's the price of my mold? What's the price of my mold? Does the mold belong to me? How many um, pieces does it shoot off? Meaning how many uh, individual items does it, does it create? Like a cookie cutter. Okay, so there's a mold and then there's cookie cutter um, parts that come off of that mold. Does the mold belong to me? Very important. Does the mold belong to me? And um, how many units will it make? What's the lifespan of this mold? Do you understand that? Yeah. Because many molds will make 5,000 units and it's over. So you would have paid maybe ten to fifteen to $20,000 for your first mold and it only makes... 10,000 units. I thought molds were like rocks and they stuck around no. forever and you couldn't <laughs> no, destroy not. them. So so molds, I never knew that mold, like I thought once you had like 
a mold for a car part or something. You could use it forever. It's not no. forever. No, they, it wears out. They wear out. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then how many pieces does each mold make? It goes into manufacturing um, efficiency. Mm-hmm. And your prototyper and designer should be designing the product with the manufacturing in mind. That's correct. And so you have cost considerations when you're making a consumer product. You have to make it as inexpensive as as possible. So you have to get the the right materials. You have to have the right pieces. Mm-hmm. It has to be in the right shape. The pieces have to be in the right shape. They have to be uh, assembled. Mm-hmm. If there's any electronic components, those have to be uh, available and should be inexpensive mm-hmm. and hopefully off the shelf. You're absolutely right. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart and our guest Lisa Ascalese on WOR, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're here with Lisa Ascalese. So, Lisa, when it comes to manufacturing, should we be manufacturing in China or the U.S.? Or kind of what is the state of play for those kinds of decisions, right? now? I've always done most of my manufacturing overseas, but now with the tariffs and all of the things that we're juggling with China and overseas, I'm looking elsewhere. I'm actually looking to do more manufacturing here in the United States. And I've gotten pretty fortunate over the last, I'm going to say, couple of weeks because I started to panic just a little bit, I got to tell you. A lot of things were slow going in China. And so uh, do your due diligence, do some sourcing, do some researching uh, in terms of manufacturers. I do have to say, you know, I have a lot of clients who go to Alibaba and it's usually a, a pretty decent site. But if you don't know the manufacturer you're dealing with, it could be a little scary. So check out the manufacturers you use. Uh, overseas or anywhere because I mean a manufacturer is as good as the website that they show you right they show you a website they they show you all of the things that they could do but it's limited a website doesn't show you a, a broad picture of everything that they could do they may tell you they can manufacture 500 units they may be in a basement manufacturing so you have to do your due diligence in terms of manufacturing anywhere well I had heard one of our clients manufacturers in China mm-hmm. and he bought his own tools and left them at the factory and, but he has to go over there all the time. So I've heard if you're going to manufacture in another country, you really have to go there. Definitely. I think it's the best thing to do. I've been safe in not having to go. I've had some wonderful people sourcing for me in China. They're bilingual. I can speak with them during the day, our time of day, and um, they get things done for me. But I'm very fortunate to have that because I've been dealing with these same people for about uh, 25 years. So you have the trust factor. So I do And that's think, important, yes. Yeah, so you can probably, what you're saying is, 
if someone wants to go out on their own, they could hire an agent to help them. But then that gets sticky, too, because the agent wants a cut, and then you don't know how good the agent is, and it can take a huge bite out of your profit, right? Right, and how hard that agent is going to work for you. I say everybody just come to me, Lisa asked me. <laughs> I think so. I, you've got a me. client here today who's going to attest to that, I'm sure. Don't go further. Go no further. So, I mean, if you're going to manufacture overseas or anywhere, you have to do your due diligence. Right. You, know, right. you really do. Just and, and you can. I mean, there's many places in Canada. Um, Michigan is a great place to manufacture product, especially if you're doing plastics. China's known for their plastic manufacturing. If you if you find a good factory overseas, it can be cost effective. But you also have to build in all the costs in terms of shipping, right? Shipping the product, uh, container loads. If they don't get it right, then what is your recourse? It's hard to send it all back and get brand new product, right? And, exactly. And so there's a lot of advantages to working in the United States if you can, but then you may end up paying more for your product, which means you you can't sell it for as much. Yeah, you have to do your math. What about North Carolina? I know they're kind of underwater right now. We're taping this in September, but they're probably a good place too, right? They're great. North yeah. Carolina is fantastic. In fact, I'm taking a trip out there next next week because I'm doing some fabrics out there. They're oh, great awesome. for textiles, great with textiles. Awesome. So I'm wondering if we can segue to the conference. The last time that Lisa was on here, she was going to have a big conference in the middle part of New Jersey. She's had the conference now. Richard and I went to it. It was unbelievable. I don't know where you got that woman who sang. Allison Williams. She's Oh my gosh. She's the tops. I've known her for many years. She's very she's very well known in the R&B industry. She was fantastic. So the conference was really great. It had speakers. There were a lot of people showcasing their products, and a lot of them were your clients, right? Yes. So there were some really good products there, and Brandon Andrews, the Shark Tank Scout, showed up and listened to the pitches, and I thought it was a fantastic conference, and of course we'll go again next year. But you do events periodically, right? I do. I'm having another one, actually. It's a mixer. It's it's a holiday bazaar. We're having that in um, Lakewood, New Jersey, on Route 70, and that's Friday, November 2nd from 6 to uh, 10 p.m. And of course, there's music and there's karaoke. You guys didn't come the night before. We had it a Saturday and Sunday. The The Saturday night was a little crazy. Well, I don't know that we're quite that wild, Lisa, <laughs> as you it was, are. It was a little crazy. It was fun. It was crazy. So yeah, my conferences are all musically inspired. They're very creative, many different elements and aspects. So to keep it exciting, you know, I started this conference because I speak at a lot of different conferences. And I attend many conferences where I start drawing. I start drawing and I fall asleep. I go, I'm not having a conference You're like drawing, this. You're drawing new inventions. I'm, drawing, I'm, inventing, I'm, I'm inventing while I'm sitting at conferences. So, so really back in uh, 2014, I said, I've got to do something to get people up and excited and motivated. So my conferences are extremely, extremely motivating. We always have a two-minute elevator pitch. We always have the most exciting people. We had Jasmine Guy this year, and she was just outstanding. Was she amazing? Yeah, she was. She's got quite and, a story. Yeah, she does. Interesting. And then there, I, I have to bring this up. There were some people I bought some things from, and I did see something there that I thought was truly unique that I fell in love with. And you'll help me remember the woman's name. It was ladies' trouser socks, mm-hmm. but they were fishnet with a bow on the back. Amazing. Yes. And who was it that was selling those? Her name is Monique, but she, and I'm trying to remember her name. She's a new client and um, she's wonderful, but I will get her contact information from you. She needs to be on the show. 
She will be on the show if she wants to be. She'll be here. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And we start the pitch part of our competition. Each contestant will have a total of eight minutes to make their pitch. The first two minutes, they fly solo and describe their project and put it in the best possible light. The remaining time is for the Inquisition, where they'll be challenged by Richard, Elizabeth, and Lisa to describe their project in greater detail. At the end of the program, our listeners will be directed to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearhart Law website, where our listeners can vote for the pitch they like the best. Our first pitch this evening is by Christopher David, and his project is called Your Scent. Yes. You have two minutes. Go. All right, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about my product. I'm so excited. Again, it's called Your Scent, and Your Scent is a fully customizable air freshener for your car. It clips to the vent like current air fresheners that are on the market. However, it has two special, unique features that really set it apart. The first one being, Your Scent gives you the ability to open it and put in your choice of fragrance. So it could be from any source, such as essential oils. Say you have a favorite scented oil that you love to diffuse around your house, you could put that inside Your Scent and drive around in your car at any time. Also, you can even put in cologne or perfume inside. Say you love your personal scent that much that you have to have it in your car. With my product, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, the second special feature of my product is the built-on spray pump or atomizer. Now, that gives you the ability to boost the level of fragrance at any given time when you're in your car. All right, now there are occasions when people produce some odors that <laughs> aren't exactly pleasant, right? Whether it's your kids, your pets, your family dog. Um, there's going to be occasions when... And it's too cold to roll down the windows, right? Exactly. <laughs> time. In the right? We could have lose those in the subway today. I gotta yeah, tell yeah, you. Too, oh, it was yeah. nasty. Yeah, really. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so um, with that... You can boost the level of fragrance at any given point. Just simply spray it, remove it from your vent. And your scent is not limited to your car. Yes, it is a car air freshener, but you could bring your scent with you on the go. Bring your scent with you to the bathroom. Bring your scent with you to the gym. It, it freshens the room. It's not just a car air freshener. And with that said, your scent is also portable aromatherapy, guys. I mentioned you could put essential oils in. With essential oils, you have the benefits of aromatherapy in your car. Say, for instance, you had a stressful day at work. Drive home with aromatherapy and just de-stress, relax. Perfect product for that. The name is spelled UR Scent, and that UR represents unique and refreshing. And every time you use this product, you will have a unique and refreshing experience. And I'm really proud of it. And thank you again for giving me this opportunity to talk about it. That's awesome, Chris. So Fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just 
dying to ask you what motivated you to come up with this. Did you have a traumatic car <laughs> incident no. when you were young? No, that no. you've been following you around for a long time. No. What? So, so it's it's simple. Um, one day I was shopping in a grocery store for an air freshener. I tried all the fragrances before. I wasn't really that inspired. I wasn't motivated. So I thought to myself, because I'm a creative person, I'm a naturally um, a natural inventor. So I thought to myself, I would love to have something that I can customize. I want to put my own favorite fragrance in. And at that time, I wanted to put my favorite cologne in. And so that's how this product was born. And shortly after, I thought of the spray edition, making it even more special than current products on the market right now. So that was my inspiration. It's just my own personal need. That's great. Yeah. Are there any scents you recommend putting in your air freshener? You want to use your favorite fragrance. So if there's something that you love, like I've bought uh, an essential oil or a fragrant oil that smelled like fresh cut grass. If okay. you like the smell of fresh cut grass, put that inside your car. New car smell, put that inside your car. Yeah, that's what my son wants, this new car smell. But you know what the other thing is? Sometimes when we're driving along in an industrial area, there's nasty smells outside. It's like, oh, my God, everything stinks all of a sudden. Yeah, Newark. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you roll down your window, it gets worse. Right? Exit 129. <laughs> 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 so, but so then I would probably be like using the spray thing. <laughs> so right. how long does it last? Like, how so, often do you refill it? Well, it should last about 30 days. Okay. Honestly. And it's also dependent on what you put in, of course. So if you choose to use your perfume or your cologne, it may not last as long as a stronger oil that you can get from like a bed, a bath and body works or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's really dependent on what you put in. It's your choice to put your favorites in. I love this. I think of this as a razor blade product, meaning you could sell it over and over again. So, I mean, the outside part probably lasts, what, about a year or so? Mm -hmm. What do you think, the outside container? But you can always buy the new scent. Yeah. So this, it, it comes with the essential it oils. Does come. And how many different fragrances does it come with? Well, it's, I have two options right now. Mm -hmm. I'm working with a lavender, and also I'm working with like a tropical scent. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of this product, again, if you don't like that, you could put what you want inside. And eventually I'll, I'll definitely offer um, certain um, options for you to choose from um, once I get further along in this process. But again, the beauty of this product is you can pull what you want in. Because again, my inspiration was there was no option available at that time in the store that I wanted. That's great. And I see that you have a pour spout on the back. Let's see this. Yes, it comes okay. with a funnel. Okay, see this is awesome. So it comes with a funnel. Would you be selling the different elements? It comes inside the package. Mm -hmm. So yes. Okay. Everything so you could resell. So when I say razor blade product, I mean you can actually offer these vials individually, also empty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just put whatever you want in the vials. Exactly. Clips onto your vent, and there is a removable cap on the top of the air freshener, giving you access to the spray. Since we are talking about manufacturing today, Chris, and you do have a, a product there, it's wrapped and packaged and ready to go. Can you tell me a little bit about what you went through to get the product made and how you went about doing it? I began working with my prototype manufacturer. He was in-house, complete manufacturing. However, once we got to the tail end, he lost his contact to his sourcing agent. He had to start all over, so I was left just hanging in the wind, hanging in the dust for about two to three months with no idea who to reach out to because it's very scary. I didn't know who to trust, so I remembered I met Lisa before in the past I know that she does this she helps a lot of people so I reached out to her and she helped me out to get to this point with manufacturing I'm working with one of her great contacts and right now I'm at the, t the very end of manufacturing and I'm just waiting for my final samples before I can actually bring this to market 
So what were some of the steps that you went through? You went back and forth with Lisa. Yes. You had different drawings that you circulated back and forth. So so tell us a little bit about that process. So Lisa's been great as far as the communication. And whenever I answer, I mean, I call her, she picks up right away. I love her. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. But what I did, I've been sending pictures. Like, so I had my prototype. I sent her pictures. I sent her my CADs. I already had that. I was a little further along than um, clients of hers who come in the beginning and um she was very responsive she sent it out to her manufacturing contacts sent it to china and they actually began the process of creating my molds and that's where we are right now is just finalizing the product with the molds mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. so are the molds yours or They're, i own the molds okay very important because if you decide you don't like the factory that's making your product can you, move them you can move them right yes. big important part there so are you going to be selling these from your website? I do have a website, and it is spelled U-R-S-C-E-N-T.com, and I do intend to sell. I have an e-commerce website. Do you know when? As soon as I get some inventory. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to buy these. I, I really want to sell it to you. <laughs> I can hardly wait to get one. I'm wondering, like, the reason I asked about the clip, like, can I take it into the Santa can at Giants games and clip it on the edge? <laughs> oh, sure. <Yeah. laughs> and do the little spray thing the whole time I'm in yeah. there. I, I think love the twist. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I love the twist. I love the fact that you brought in going to the gym and just taking oh, yeah, it out of the car. That's king, especially when you're going to QVC and places like that. It's whatever <laughs> you're hoping that you're going to get, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's multi-purpose. The kitchen, you know, you're it's cooking, not, you're yeah. cooking fish or whatever it is, garlic and... So you take it everywhere. That's that's ingenious. Yeah, it's not just a car air freshener. Well, I like the idea that it's a diffuser, but a sprayer too. Like that's hard to find. And then I probably will when I get mine, which I'm going to get hopefully by Christmas. Um, <laughs> I will probably be putting my perfume in there because I love the smell of my perfume. Oh, nice. so. Chris, okay. I just want to ask you one last question. What's sure. the w- weirdest scent you ever thought about putting into your air freshener? Honestly, it was the grass, fresh cut grass. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty I, original. I like yeah, I like it too. And where can people find you? You can visit my um, website. That's yourscent.com, yourscent.com. You can send me an email at info at yourscent.com, or you can visit Instagram. It's yourscent underscore official. That is the handle. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me. It's been great having you on. We wish you all the best with your product. We know it's going to be a great success. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you. (laughs) You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710. Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart with our guests this evening, Lisa Askeles on WOR, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Now we are to our second pitch presentation by Jared Colosino, and his invention is the Stopper Buddy. You have two minutes. Go. 
Great. Thank you so much for having me today. This is a great opportunity. My name is Jared Colosino. I've owned a sewer and drain cleaning company now for over 20 years out on Long Island. There isn't a day that goes by that people don't ask me, how can I avoid clogged drains? I mean, they'll go out and spend $50 on chemicals and all kinds of different products and do-it-yourself snakes because basically calling a plumber is probably high on the list that causes a homeowner anxiety right away <laughs> yeah. they think yeah right away they think about what is it going to cost what this is this is a big problem they're really not familiar with drain clogs so after being asked probably thousands of times over you know 20 years a light bulb went off in my head and I kept noticing people were removing like the tops to their tubs and they were removing the pop-up stoppers from their sinks and they were inserting these little mesh baskets and they're, they're not very attractive. So if you have a very nice bathroom and it's not very decorative, but because people are so obsessed with that, keeping the drains clean, they, that's what they were doing. And, and a lot of times what happens is we'll go over to clear a bathroom sink and because of that design, the pop-up stopper design, because it takes up so much room in your drain and it has a, a rod, I would say at least 90% of the time, that's what we're doing. We're cleaning off that pop-up stopper and we're clearing the drain. So a light bulb went off in my head and I said, wow, you know, look, this is, this is amazing. This is really, uh, the problem is the pop-up stop, the assembly. It's really what's causing a lot of the blockages. So let me create something. Let's use the same concept. Let's create something that would basically you would have the same function you'd be able to use it as your pop-up and fill your sink and open your sink and and you'd be able to easily remove it and take it out and just clean it and from that point on you would be able to do it yourself and you know take it out whenever you saw the water was draining slow and you'd be able to clean it and take it apart and basically drop it back in till the next time and then I, I created also the tub one you know because again the tub basket catches a lot of hair and it was just it was just something that constantly we're moving it we're taking it apart and we're just basically cleaning out the the drain area and that would solve the problem so i also created the stopper buddy stop strainer for the bathtubs well i think it's ingenious and my daughter has beautiful long hair i can't tell you how many shower drain clogs we've had to call somebody to help with or try to get out herself uh so i She's moved now. She's on her own. But I'm definitely giving her this because I think she needs <laughs> it's it. It's a stocking stuffer. It's not yeah. cheap. It, it's yeah. not cheap at all to call a, a plumber. No. You know, an average call could be anywhere from 150 to $300, depending. Oh, and then you have to be there. So, right. So, and, and, and Jared, you, you mentioned something, too, that, that, that people buy chemicals. You know, I've bought chemicals to, to unclog drains, and they've never worked. I mean, am I just doing it wrong? Or... Well, yeah, you know why? Because most of the time, if you have no water flowing at that point when you're using the chemical, the chemical's not getting to the blockage. It's basically just, if you're lucky, maybe it'll clear it. But it's a lot of times what happens is you'll leave that chemical in overnight. And a lot of times what it does is it deteriorates the fixture, the, the chroming, and it pits it. And, uh, you know, very thin, some of the thin pipes below it, it can eat away at it. Even sometimes I've seen products that harden up in the drain, so it becomes more of a problem. Yeah, I remember one time I should probably talk about is this. Is this going to be embarrassing for me? <laughs> yes, it is. I think yeah. Get under the table. Richard was in the You can't face. hide anything on the radio. It's awful. Richard was Especially in the face. Especially your wife. You know, trying to program. get the clog out. And he's like hitting the pipe and hitting the pipe. And the oh. thing comes undone all at once. Luckily, he had a face shield on. Thank God. Because yeah. this huge wash came out oh, yeah. all over him. Yes, yes. It was pretty gross. That's the old days. But everybody hit it. Yeah. 
something's not working. You just like take the wrench and hit it. Yeah. It's unbelievable the damage I see. I have a question for you. What is this made of? What is the base of it made out of? It, this is all ABS plastic mm -hmm. made to be put in water. The top is also plastic, but it's got a high chrome finish mm -hmm. that um, manufacturing-wise, it's three to five years lifespan on it. What's your price point on this? $12.95. You have two sizes here. Well, one's a bathtub, mm -hmm. and this is the bathroom sink. They're both $12.95. Okay. It's, and how long does it take to install? I mean, this is oh, not it, something you need a plumber for, right? Average homeowner can do it? They can. The tub one is very simple. I mean, you unscrew the, the cover, and basically you just it just sits in. It's very easy. The sink one, basically, once you remove that pop-up stopper, it's called the OEM stopper in your bathroom is sink. Is that the original stopper that's, that's the original, there? And it's connected to the rod. So once you get that out, Listen, taking things apart is easy, you know, and you could go on YouTube and you can see many videos how to do it. So once you, you do get it out and, and disconnect it and you just screw that rod back in, there's a little nut behind your pipe there. That was a big factor in when I made this product was so that people didn't have to keep going in and, you know, uninstalling it. Mm -hmm. Because they, I knew people that would not be able to get that rod back through. You know, the stopper buddy would sit, literally sits on top of the rod. So if you have a working pop-up stopper, that little, you know, the little pulley on the back your faucet when you pull it up and down this will basically just sit on the rod and it will open and close just like the original one would and it has a little catchy you know uh, handle on top so you could just pull it out and then once you're done cleaning it drops right back in you never have to touch that push rod again that's the ingenious same length so when you're pushing it down into the drain like i'm envisioning that little stopper that comes out in the, in, in the bathroom sink to say right is it the same length so when you pull that piece out that's there, they come there. Your stoppers will will range anywhere from three to five point two inches. Mm -hmm. The most the five point two is very rare. But what this one does is the leg will adjust, so you can the leg is threaded at the bottom, so you can turn that. You could keep it all the way in, and it'll fit three inch, or you can uh, extend it all the way out to the five point two inch. So it's one size fits all. It, yeah, the bottom comes off for cleaning. The top comes off for cleaning. It's completely reusable. You just clean it off. You don't have to re keep rebuying baskets, but you could if you wanted to replace it. If it does get ugly on you, you could you know you could rebuy that. Now a lot of the competitive products are made of rubber, okay, and you lose the ability a lot to use your stop up. Or with a lot of the rubber products, they're, they're sealed. You can't get inside them. Well, they're moldy too. That's right. the problem. Like you can't, and they lose shape over time in water. Rubber loses shape. It's like anything, yeah. a gasket, it, it, it loses its shape. And the big thing is that you, yeah, you cannot get inside them to clean it. So that was the idea here. The, the bathroom sink one comes apart in four pieces. You could basically get in there, clear it, clean it out, do what you That's need great. to do, put it in the dishwasher, dishwasher safe. The tub one comes in part in two pieces. And it's also not only for the tub, but it's for your, your laundry sinks also. Now, can I buy this replacement? Le sure. Replaceable baskets? Sure. Okay. So they're separate. They, they, they can, yes. I, I'm not currently selling them separate, but that is mm -hmm. definitely a market for that. That's a part, okay. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's is, definitely a market. This is one of the most clever things I've seen in a long time, I think. You know, it really does solve a problem. Can I buy these right now? Yes, where do the, I buy uh, them? At the stopstrainer.com or the stopabuddy.com. That's our website. They're on Amazon. 
basically uh, we have a Facebook page, which is also the Stopper Buddy, and Instagram. Um, <laughs> the handle is Stopper Buddy. So if you just type in Stopper Buddy, you should be able to find this You'll product. You'll find them. Yes, absolutely. Jared Colosino, the Stopper Buddy. We're going to go to a break now. You're listening to WOR 710, the voice of New York, Passage to Profit, with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our guest Lisa Ascalis. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our third and final pitch contestant this evening is Kevin Edwards from Real Leaders. Kevin, the floor is yours for two minutes. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for having me on. Richard, you're a nice guy too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I'm here actually for the United Nations Global Compact Conference, kind of covering it. And when Elizabeth and I got in contact, she said, hey, you know, we're going to have you do a pitch on the air. I thought, okay, well, let's do it. Let's do a pitch. Uh, so how about a knuckleball for my pitch? Um, and for those of you out there who aren't really sure what a knuckleball is, if you don't watch baseball, it's when the pitcher kind of grabs the ball with their fingernails and knuckles, right? And then as they throw, they throw it in a normal motion, but the knuckleball comes out and it kind of has a similar smiling face on it going up and down, left and right, but has no rotation on it, has no spin until it crosses the plate and hits that, you know, the catcher's glove, the leather. You know, really has incorporated our magazine, our media company. It's a knuckleball. It's unconventional. It's, it comes off as a, you know, normal news source, but has no spin, you know. Um, it, it doesn't come out fast. It's, it's a quarterly magazine. And if you learn how to hit it, you know, you can send that pitcher back to have his manager call the bullpen, right? So what do we do? Well, we believe that business can be used as a force for good. Not only can you make a profit, but your business can be centered around and be a subset of um, the environment and socially responsible ideals. So until you learn how to hit that knuckleball, you can knock it out of the park, right? So to take a quote of Peter Diamandis' playbook, um, he says, the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities that we believe need the best leaders. What I do is I produce these unconventional videos and they have hired me as an entrepreneur within their company to start podcasts, to take a 30 minute interview and break it down into one to three minutes to highlight the people that are doing well by doing good. Well, that's great, great. Kevin. Where did the title Real Leaders come from? The story is our founder, Mark Van Ness, he had a commercial real estate firm, you know, made his money, and it was a part of an organization called YPO. This is called Young Presence Organization. This is 25,000 CEOs in 135 countries that our magazine is distributed to. 
at least on that online now. So he thought, you know, how do we use business not only to make a profit, but you know, help out people in the environment? How do I use my influence, my platform, um, to address these issues and these needs? And so he said, well, you know, let's attack, not attack, but show these leaders of these companies, the the real leaders that are taking on these things. So that's kind of where it came from. And our tagline is real leaders inspire the future. So that's what we're trying to do here. So the goal of the publication is to inspire entrepreneurs and other leaders to be sort of socialpreneurs so that they build businesses around social issues and help solve some social problems. So- yeah, that's right, Richard. And, and so how I kind of started as an entrepreneur is they said, hey, Kevin, you know, we want young adults to be reading our magazine. How do you get them involved? And I said, Mark, kids my age, we don't read. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so true. We don't read magazines. Come on, man. We, we produce videos. So, so my my buddy of mine, we were sitting in my fraternity house, and you know we're just dumb college kids, and we said, hey, how do we make these things cool? You know, how do we get somebody like ourselves to learn about the leaders that are really taking on the world's most pressing issues? And we said, well, let's use this network that Releaders has. And so what we did was we traveled up the West Coast from Arizona to Vancouver, British Columbia, 1,400 miles in a, and my buddy is a sedan, and basically just got out there with the camera and I just started talking to people and cool people that had patents like these guys in the background over here that are following their passions, following their dreams. And myself got inspired as well um, along this journey. So we, like I said, we took these interviews, these 30-minute interviews, and condensed them uh, down to one to three minutes. And now we have a thing called Real Leaders Shortcuts. And you can find that online at www.real-leaders.com as well as on Instagram and Facebook, realleaders.shortcuts. You mentioned that you're an intrapreneur. So we talk a lot here about entrepreneurs. What is an intrapreneur? So an entrepreneur is somebody who starts a company within a company. You know, a lot of companies nowadays are looking for entrepreneurs, right? So they at least Cisco is saying, hey, employees, you can go out there, we'll fire you, you know, in, in good grace, but go out there, create your own company, take an idea to bring back into our own company, and we'll hire you. That's an entrepreneur. You know, we have the entrepreneurs on the show as well that, you know, we just featured doing, you know, things that are following their passions. An entrepreneur is kind of solving that need within the company. I think that's awesome. So how do you get these people to talk to you? You just stroll up with the camera and say, hey, you want to be on camera? Elizabeth, I'll tell you what, I have the best job in the world because I get to go to these conferences and talk to world leaders, CEOs, sustainable business owners, and they want to be featured in their magazine. And we want them to feature us. We're not going to put somebody on who doesn't want to inspire the future. You know, we want to highlight the people that have a message to say and you know it comes across as purposeful you know because you can't have a 23 year old from portland oregon telling people what to do no one's going to listen to you so i like to go on i say hey you know what i'm the most curious person you're ever going to find i want to know about your business how you started it and what you want people to hear so is the goal to sell the magazine where's the money the goal the goal is you know (laughs) the profit is um you know like i said a subset of that you know it's not about making the profit if if our founder wanted to make a profit he'd do more real estate Mm -hmm. um the goal is to really influence others and inspire other businesses to not only be an entrepreneur but to think about your impact on the environment as well as how it impacts people you know as speaking with people that were refugees immigration the United Nations have laid out 17 sustainable development goals that our president and other world leaders are, are trying to figure out how to uh, counteract and, and make sure these goals don't have to be goals anymore. 
you know, we just had an entrepreneur on who's, who has drains. And he says, well, these chemicals, you know, they're eroding the sinks. Well, they're also going into the water streams and they're also hurting, uh, you know, fish and, and other animals in the oceans. And I'm sure you guys are all aware about the plastic that's in the oceans as well. So these are all issues that we try to highlight in our magazines and focus and try and inspire, at least through shortcuts, in a cool and clever way. Are you finding young entrepreneurs out there who are willing to give back? There are so many. You know, there are so many people that have these passion dreams. You know, I just got done with an event called We Day. In mm-hmm. We Day, they bring in uh, middle school students and elementary school students um, to hopefully inspire them. And to answer your question as well, as I started out, you know, these CEOs, they're not going to talk to, you know, when you're 20 years old. I got a cameraman. I'm coming up the West Coast. Can you talk to me? Yeah, you know, good luck, right? <laughs> so they're they're generally typically people that are starting their companies. To give you an example of another social enterprise, I went to Seattle and there was a, a young man from Malawi, Africa, came all the way to Seattle and he does sustainable brick molding. So you think, okay, how is that a sustainable enterprise? Well, they're machine molded. So they use a tenth of the energy that it takes to build bricks, as well as well what happens when you when you have to build bricks? Where do you get the energy from? fuel, you know, from trees maybe, get to cut down a lot of trees, so less oxygen in the air. Let's get more uh, bricks uh, to develop as well, and, and they're 99% more efficient and more sturdy. So there's, there's a ton of inventions that are going on in the world, and there's a lot of talk about it in the, in the news today about purposeful things going on, and we're trying to cover that story going forward. So that's amazing. I love what you're doing. So you're here from Portland, Oregon. Yes. So I said that right. Granola capital of the world. Yeah, I'm from the West Coast, so I know how to say Oregon. It's not Oregon. It's not Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were here for the United Nations Conference, and I actually met you through somebody that I met at a football Shout out tailgate. Joe Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. He put us together for this, and I'm so glad he did, and that we were able to get you in this week. And I just see you going so many places with this, and you're the younger generation. It just thrills me to no end. To see the younger generation behaving like this. Well, thank you guys for having me on. You have awesome guests that are coming on the shows. And all I want anyone else to do out there is just follow your passions, follow your dreams, because you never know what you're going to get out of it. Your website again? It's www.real-leaders.com on Facebook and YouTube, Real Leaders Magazine, and realleaders.shortcuts. That's really just dot .shortcuts on Instagram and Facebook. That's great, Kevin. So thanks for joining us. Kevin Edwards from Real Leaders. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. W-O-R, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearhart Law, www.gearhartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearhart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Remember, everyone, to go to the Passage to Profit page at GearhartLaw.com. That's G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W. 
and vote for your favorite project. And to summarize, we had Chris David, your scent, U-R-S-C-E-N-T, where you can customize your own air freshener. Jared Colosino, Stopper Buddy, where you can get the hair out of your drains without using chemicals and with a fairly inexpensive piece of hardware that you can clean yourself, save yourself on plumber bills. And finally, Kevin Edwards with Real Leaders. So I feel like he is one of the young people in our society who's really trying to shape where this country goes in the future and helping people realize what they need to do to be real leaders. Right. I ask our listeners now to go to the Passage to Profit webpage and to make your choice. Uh, Remember, you can only vote once, and you have until next Sunday at 7 p.m. to vote. So this evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt, and the best overall getter for each week will receive an Amazon gift card. I just love hearing these pitches each week. I'm not going to vote. As you all know, I say this every time, I can't choose. And I really do feel like everybody's just incredibly ingenious and smart. That's what I love about being in the entrepreneurial space. I want to say thanks again to our guest, Lisa Askeles. Lisa, do you have any final thoughts? I do. I just want to say how proud I am of all of these young men, these gentlemen here presenting. That's not an easy thing to do. I'm sure their nerves were racking and, and they were crazy while walking in, uh, but you did a great job and keep on inspiring each other. I mean, my, my mission statement is just lifting each other up two hands at a time and there's nothing you cannot do. Set a goal, stick with it, have your dream. And believe me, all of your dreams can come true. Look at these guys who, Christopher, who, who had this idea, this air freshener scent that he literally took from an idea all the way to manufacturing, um, as did our stopper buddy guy. You're amazing. Absolutely amazing. Magazine, come on. You're, you're interviewing uh, CEOs of companies. And these are all young guys, I got to tell you. And they're doing it. So don't let anybody stop you. Don't let the naysayers out there stop you. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Opportunity is everywhere. Just grab it. Go after it and grab it. So true. And your website. On my website, sure. My website is inventingatoz.com. That's inventingatoz.com. And uh, my AOE, my conference is AOWIE. That's the Association of Women Inventors and Entrepreneurs. So that's AOWIE.com. Plenty of opportunity there. Let me help you from concept to fruition. And I think that you help a lot of people. So we'd also like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, and our sound engineer, Rob Barretts, who really makes this sound good on the radio, and our media maven, Kenya Gibson, and the whole iHeart team. Don't forget to go to the website, GearHeartLaw, www.gearhartlaw.com. Find the Passage to Profit page and vote for your favorite pitch. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. You can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit. WOR 710, the voice of New York. <laughs>